Welcome, welcome, welcome to Stuck in the Middle, TTT, Tragedy to Triumph Transformation. This is all about taking the information that we have and applying it to you and your life so that you can be buffaloes, not cowards. We want to keep it raw, real, and uncut. This is for men to improve their relationships and increasing their spiritual values. I'm Ryan Smith, and I'm the host, and I'm with Bunker Weimer. Let's get into it. All right, so last episode, we went into, you know, talking all things emotional abuse, and it was like 50 minutes, and we wanted to break it up, and so now we, we, sorry for the delay, but now we are getting into the Q&A portion of talking about true masculinity and facing it with, you know, proper understanding, and so... Our first question right out of the shoot is from Todd. He says, thank you, Bunker and Ryan. I can tell you care. I think I may be in a relationship that is emotionally abusive, but not sure. How can I tell? Uh, I have thoughts, Bunker, do you wanna start out with this or do you sure, want Sure, yeah, I'd love to. I mean, you're the expert, so you always have the best contribution for sure, but- Oh, that's dangerous. Don't <laughs> build me up like that. As I was listening to this question and thinking about it, I feel like you first have to be able to understand like what a good relationship looks and feels like. So often people have no idea what it should be like. Sometimes it's just so much compounded trauma or compounded problems one over the other. So just in a brief sense, I'm thinking about it's very beneficial to know that in a relationship, you should feel positive. You should feel love. You should feel support and kindness. And I think if you're asking a question that you might be an emotional abusive relationship isn't a great sign. So I would love to hear what you have to say, Ryan, to kind of more of like a psychological background on more specific things regarding that. Okay. Well, I'm having a hard time following Bunker. What, what did you actually say? Could you repeat it? Maybe. Absolutely. One yeah. Second. I didn't say it's super great, but I'm saying like, sometimes we have aspirations of things we want. Right. So he, um, it sounds like Todd is not sure whether or not he's in an emotionally abusive relationship and he's wanting to know how he can, how he can tell. And I think you want to be able to know, like the good of what a healthier, emotionally stable relationship would look like without the abuse. So you can compare and contrast because if you're just trying to focus on the negative, I feel like sometimes you can get lost of, Hey, I'm experiencing an emotional relationship that's abusive, but I don't know where to go from there. And so I think for me personally, it's good to have something to compare and contrast against. So that's why I was talking about, like, if you as an individual are not feeling like very love, stable, secure, emotionally and physically safe in your relationship, um, those might be telltale signs of one step of, Hey, or one sign, I guess, that you're not in the best emotional relationship. Yeah. Does that make more sense? Is that a little clear? It's, it's a little vague for me, Bunker. Um, but I think what, let me see what I, th I think you're saying is it's great that Todd recognizes there's something off and it's important to find out what those things are. What, and what, what, it, what is, can we define what is a healthy relationship and can we define what it, emotional abuse or an unhealthy relationship are or is right. Is that, yeah. Am I getting, yeah. am I picking up what you're putting down? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so great. I think that's super. And Todd, I just appreciate you reaching out. That is awesome. And it takes a real person to a real person. It takes a real man to like reach out for one and two to like, say something doesn't feel good, smell good. What could that thing be? And so I'm glad that you're trusting 
your intuition, your, your, your gut. And that's an important skill. And I, as you were talking about, I actually pulled something up that I think helps to define what is healthy and unhealthy in a relationship. Cause that is, it's a, that's kind of an, a, a, an ambiguous place to be. Right. And so let's define it. This is according to NARM and, uh, what is NARM? I, I really, uh, neuro effective relational model. So that's a big word, but you can tell they're legit, right? So they NARM gives the five core needs and their associated core capacities in a relationship. And it is first connection, second attunement, three trust four autonomy, and lastly, love and sexuality. And so with going with connection, they say the capacity to be in touch with your body and your emotions and capacity to be connected with others. Okay. So there's this ability to kind of go in flow and be in connection with others, right? Okay. So then attunement capacity to attune our needs and emotions. So you're going to be able to regulate those and recognize, reach out and take in physical and emotional nourishment. Okay. So, uh, what is this really saying? I think connection is like coming towards and attunement is when you like need to separate it and there needs to be like a healthy balance of those trust says capacity for healthy dependence and interdependence. And that kind of goes back to this connection, which is like dependence on and like attunement is like interdependence. And like, it's like, you have to have that trust. Autonomy says you can set appropriate boundaries. You can say no and set limits. You can speak your mind without guilt or fear. And then love sexuality is capacity to live with an open heart, capacity to integrate loving relationships with a vital sexuality. Okay. So that sounds like fine. Well, okay. So there's going to be this ability to set appropriate boundaries. There's going to be dependence and interdependence. That's all good and, and said, but now what really makes sense, that's the definition of healthy, but it will make more sense when we talk about what is unhealthy in contrast. So they have these five core things. This is continuing with the norm thing, connection, attunement, trust, autonomy, love, and sexuality. And there there's, they have two polar ends. One is shame based identification and one's a pride based identification. So we're getting kind of nerdy. Can we, can we keep going with this bunker? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Are, we, are you, are, is this, are we getting too deep in this? No, I think you're doing good. Okay. This is, I, I, if you feel like it's valuable, I think you should share it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is great. Um, so connection. So in a shame-based identification, which is unhealthy for connection, there's going to be shame just at the, at existing and feeling like a burden, feeling like you're not belonging. Um, right. So that, that's your identity. Like that's going to create a, a bad relationship. And then pride-based is pride in being a loner, pride in not, in needing others, pride in not being emotional. So um, so basically in connection, you're not going to be in tune with your body and your emotions. You feel shame around it and you have a desire to want to connect. Whereas in an unhealthy would say, oh, I feel shame for wanting to connect and I want to kill those feelings and those needs to connect with others. And the pride place would, would just try to kill it and say, oh, I, I want to be alone. So basically there's an unhealthy place is that they are like the Batman or the Iron Man that says, get away from me. Uh, I don't need you. Do you feel like that's kind of what John Gottman says when he refers to stonewalling? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Especially I mean, here, like in this pride place, but even I think stonewalling would both of these pride and shame base, you're, you're turning your back on them and saying, uh, you don't bother me. And I just 
you're going to go numb yourself to something, usually your drug of choice. It could be the, the social media. It could be going, hanging out with the guys, going to your man cave, pornography, you know, uh, what other drug of choices are there? Just going to your hobbies and maybe going to the gym too much or something like that. And that's like a place where you're, yeah, kind of too. Maybe at one point we can just, we I think it'd be good to distinguish where the line, if there is a line between what is self care and what is an addiction. Uh, how, that would be a great topic to cover. How can we tell the difference between what activity is maladaptive versus, um, I'm going to write this down, maladaptive versus like, adding adding like value and like needed for you so i'm gonna write that stuff down so uh addiction versus self-care so i think that's a, an important distinction in going to your man cave um i i'm just going to continue with this and i don't want to spend too much time on this so i'm going to just say this really quick but I think it's important. So attunement, which they have your needs, is that you're in a shame base. Is that you're going to be, um, you're going to be needy, uh, unfulfilled, empty, and undeserving. And then a pride base is going to be you're the caretaker. You're in charge. Pride in being the shoulder that everyone cries on makes himself indispensable, needed. Pride in not having needs. And so they're they're like Superman. They're always the rescuer, the savior. Um, that's that's going too far. And then going too far in the opposite direction is that you're always needing and like a healthy balance is that you you um you recognize that you have needs and emotions and you reach out when you need it and then you help others when you need it Does that makes sense do you feel like a fair title for the person on the other side of it from the stonewalling would be like a pleaser yeah yes. because the thoughts that i had while you were talking there's just some people that i know men and women who kind of seem to get their identity lost in the relationship itself, trying to change or bend over backwards to appeal to the other person. And no matter what they do, it's just never enough. And then in a pretty short period of time, they can feel very lost and confused. And at that point, it just snowballs. Yes. At least that's my observation. Yes, and we're going to get into this a little bit more in these kind of uh, these roles that we play. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. More to come on that. Um, just the extremes of unhealthy and trust is that you're going to feel small, powerless, used, betrayed. And then on the other extreme is that you're strong and in control, successful, larger than life, and you're the user and betrayer. And we've talked about this before. Is like you become the Superman, and therefore you have so many walls around your heart, you're you're impenetrable, and you become to victimize others. And you have the rule, I got hurt, and therefore I'll never let anyone hurt me. But in that rule, you begin to hurt others, and you become the very thing that you hate. Moving on, the last two of this five, we did connection, attunement, trust. Now, fourthly is autonomy. And the shame-based is angry, resentful of authority, rebellious, enjoys disappointing others. And then the other extreme is that you're nice, sweet, compliant, good boy or girl, fear of disappointing others. So in terms of autonomy, you are the pleaser, right? You're always compliant on the pride base section or you're just like a rebel without a cause. And you just you just only, if they say one thing, then you do the opposite, not because you want to, but just because you are want to exercise your autonomy. And they're like, 
hey, let's go to Subway. You're like, no, I'm going to eat dirt. <laughs> That's what, because you said Subway, I'm going to eat dirt just to be a rebel. So that would be exercising your autonomy, but it's not like really what you want to do. You're just like being rebellious, right? right? And lastly, love and sex. So the shame base is that you're hurt, rejected, physically flawed, unlovable, and unloved. So a lot of hurt there. Just you, you, you have these lens that the world is unsafe and men are unsafe women are unsafe and my ex hurt me and so probably all women are evil and i become a he-man woman hater and never just just not just rejecting all sorts of bids and then like a girl like asks you hey you want to hang out and you're like no <laughs> but like give it a chance man open your heart get try it out a little bit um and then on the pride base is that you reject First, kind of what we're talking about, your perfect, grandiose, does not allow for mistakes, seamless, having everything together. So it's giving this facade that you're perfect and you don't need anybody. And to be truly healthy is that you're going to live with an open heart and you're going to be vulnerable. And this is, this is the real nuts and bolts of it all, as far as relationship goes, is that in a relationship, it's risky business. And you are going to be vulnerable about how you can hurt and you allow yourself to be exposed. And if the other person wants to, they can use and abuse you. But if they do, then you've got to create a boundary around it. But if you're all, if you never give it a try, then you never know. And so you have to, in a true loving relationship, you're going to take all sorts of risks. And that's why talking or like communicating with someone that you really love, you can talk to them like 3 a.m. in the morning. And it's because you're figuring out yourself. You're being so vulnerable. You're like, you know what I was thinking the other day? I was thinking that I'm more like my dad because of this. And, or you know, like some like, like random like thought that like, and, or, or maybe it's like, I really am really hurt. Or when I was a child, this really bad thing happened to me, or I did this really bad thing and I've never told a soul. And are you going to reject me the way I told my other friend who I thought was my friend and then they spat my face and, and like talking about that, if you can be that type of honesty and then they catch you when you fall with that, that's when the trust and the intimacy happens. Absolutely. I love it. So do you think, it's fair to say to Todd that out of all the things that you just explained and shared that he might have to kind of do some self-assessment, maybe see where he's at and then be able to determine whether or not how he feels. Yeah. I think going back to that, I think just to say, I think on a scale of one to 10, taking these five things, how well connected do I feel with my partner? Cause he might have to say, Hey, like I'm all on that far end of how did you describe it? The person who's defiant who wants to, eat dirt. <laughs> you, had a, you had a real phrase that you said that I kind of like, but oh. the person who's more defiant and disagreeable, who does some stonewalling, or there's a person who's very pleasing, who can sometimes not do the best at setting boundaries, and they will kind of get pushed around. Yeah, so I think to, for Todd, it's like, do you how, how open do you feel like that you can share your vulnerabilities with your partner? And if you right. can't do that, then that's a problem. And can you, and then when you say, Hey, let's not go there. This is a boundary for me. Do they respect that? And so there's this healthy dependence on the relationship and interdependence, meaning there's this place where I need you and I can leave you and like, say, Hey, I'm going to be gone for three weeks, for this business trip. And there's no, like, like 
stalking like while you're gone or something like like this anxiety when you're gone because you have a business trip that you need to go to like can you trust that 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 will be you know i think what do they say it's not the love uh love grows fonder it's like absence makes the heart grow fonder absence makes the heart grow fonder yeah like ultimately like when you put the relationship in you test it that's when you know so like how do you act when things go bad that's the ultimate test that's the real you don't want a fair weather friend you want like a, a friend when all hell and storm comes what we're talking about into the storm when the storm comes does your friend say oh, i'm out or <laughs> like dude you're going through a hard time come For over sure. come over to my house and let's chat it up you know till 3 a.m in the morning if, if that's what you really need maybe that if that becomes like a pattern that's probably not a healthy pattern but you know they're going to be there for you when you need them and so that's they're not going to run from the storm they're going to go into the storm back to the ttt podcast full circle here <laughs> but we're not done right. um, this all that i just said was kind of a tangent from all of what you said so i just so thank you bunker um i want to give the real value to to todd and our listeners the thing about um relationships that is a kind of whole different domain than all other aspects of our life is this one word control because like in your career you can kind of control and that's a good thing in our body you want to control you want you know your emotions you want to control your emotions but in relationship you got to have a healthy dosage and when i say healthy dosage i mean like it's almost like total hands off like it's like it's like you relinquish control because and you trust them to like drive the reins and so in an unhealthy relationship if you're like like micromanaging like that's that's not love and so too often in unhealthy relationships we trade our love for for self and what i mean by that is that we we maybe we want to go to subway if we go back to that or there, there's a preference that we we want uh and we have some truth some authentic authentic integrity that we need to speak but we know that our partner isn't going to like it and so we deny ourselves that for the trade of love so if i'm authentic to me i know you won't accept me so therefore i'm going to deny that part of myself for the love that i get in the relationship and the thing is, is every relationship has this. And there are parts in any relationship that we do need to kill. Our pride and our ego, those need to die. And, and their, our pride and our impulsivity, those are come to a screeching realization in, in relationship. And we need to be aware of these things and kill that part of ourself. The, the, and so it, it's like knowing which, it depends, right? <laughs> um, and here, it, the thing, but if you're being, you know, your truth, your core, thing like you believe in God and then your partner doesn't and they if you talk about God they like can't accept that that would be a part where you're killing yourself for the love of the relationship you're not living your true with true integrity because you want the love that you an acceptance from the relationship can I uh, interject one thing yeah so when I was on my trip in Guatemala, I took an audiobook with me and downloaded it. It's called uh, Love is Letting Go of Fear. I've read it a couple of times, but the author just speaks about kind of the contrast between love and fear and how they're opposites. And something that stood out to me, reminded me of what you were saying, 
was that true love is not assessment. And so often we find ourselves as assessing others, ourselves, the situation, but true love is acceptance. And I, I think that is something that I even struggle with quite a bit. And I wasn't really aware of it until I continued to read more. But as you were speaking, that's what came to mind is if I cannot go to someone and, and be my own vulnerable self and then accept me, that's not a great sign. Whether I'm the person that's giving the, the criticism, if you will, or if I'm the person receiving it. And so it's kind of that twofold part. Anyways, that was just a thought that I had that I wanted to share is true love is acceptance. And if you're not feeling like there's that acceptance, then it would like everything you were saying would kind of fit right into that. See, uh, I'm sorry. I think this is really deep. It's not, it's not making sense to me. True love <laughs> is acceptance. Could you For say example, the same thing like one, like in another way? And maybe it will make sense in my brain. I, I guess I think if we think of like vulnerability, like if I'm being super vulnerable with you and Say like kind of what you were saying, but it just I thought of it in a different way, I guess. But if I'm being very vulnerable with you and I bring up something that's very a very intimate story or experience that I had of how I behaved, I share it with you, and you don't like the way I responded or behaved, and you like came up with, hey, why didn't you think about doing this? Or why would you do that? Or I don't like that. Like you give the example of if you're in a relationship and the other person doesn't like to talk about God or religion, then they're kind of shutting you down. They're not being accepting of who you are or the values that you hold or what's important to you. And what I'm saying is when that happens, that is not a true reflection of love. That's more of an assessment of you because we have expectations that we will place on people that are often unfair. Does that make a little more sense? Yeah. I think with, when you're saying assessment is, um, this is deep, is that like they're not truly accepting you. If you have something that's authentic for you and they invalidate it or cannot accept that part of you, and they're not truly accepting you. Right. And so when I use the word assessment, I'm kind of speaking in the sense of like, we will always assess people around us where I'm being vulnerable and someone doesn't respond the best way and they make you feel kind of hurt. Maybe I'm going to assess that situation, kind of put up a wall a little bit and say, Ooh, I didn't like how that felt next time. I'm not going to be as open with this person or the other way around. Like say I'm in a relationship and I was telling them how important God is to me or the, say it's the other way around. They were telling me how important God is to them. And I don't, I don't believe in God. And I make an assessment. Oh, I don't like this person. They're crazy or they're kind of weird. I don't want to have these conversations with them. Instead of coming from a place of love where it's, Oh, I accept you for who you are. I want to know why you feel the way that you do and what's going on with you. I'm not trying to make a criticism or have a false expectation of you. I feel like it all just goes together, but I might not have explained it the best way, but when you were oh, speaking, no, that was great. it's, I think it's such a deep concept. So thank you for explaining it and how, how I summarize what you're saying is this like thing oh you're gonna hear me say this a lot because this is like a core belief of ryan smith and that is everybody is a world to discover think about like how much details there are in the world every single individual like has that much nuance and that much uh, uh just depth and are dy dynamic and so everybody is a world to discover and if you objectify someone, see them only as like an object for sexual desire or something, and then that partner, you know, starts, you know, talking about God or something and like, or maybe like outsmarts you or something. And you're like, wait, that's going to shatter maybe the paradigm, the object that you put them into. And they're right. expanding, you're like, get back into the box I placed you. Exactly. But, and so then therefore they're not truly loving you. They're, they're loving the, their perception of what, they think you are which isn't true love exactly and we do this all the time to people all the time yeah it's we think we think we know them and then it's like what 
No, you don't. For example, if I could just say, you know, two weeks ago, I had my like comedy act and my teacher after we were kind of, you know, high-fiving each other after our comedy act. And, and I had my, 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 my crowd, my people with me. And, you know, my wife is Korean and one of my friends, his wife is Korean as well. And so I started breaking out some, my Korean and my teacher is like, what, you know, <laughs> Korean? And I was like, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and I, as I thought about that interaction, I just basically said, yep. But I think what she was ultimately saying is like, Ryan, I kind of put you in a, like a, as a student, like that just needs so much help and like, is like, <laughs> I, I don't know what I, 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 how I, she didn't think you were capable of speaking Korean. What? I said she didn't think you were capable of speaking Korean. <laughs> so maybe yeah. it's my shame-based perception of it, but I like, but, but let's be honest, like this is a new thing. I'm horrible at comedy. And so like, she, she gives me a lot of attention. She probably babies me a little bit more than her other students. So with that being said, so she had kind of put me into a, a box that Ryan's an idiot and <laughs> doesn't it doesn't know like he needs a lot of help and therefore then I had a skill set that she doesn't she can't speak Korean and and so that I think I had shattered what she the paradigm that she had put me in and I think that that happens all the time and I how I wish I would would have responded to that is like isn't that so fun teacher uh, her name is Leah isn't that so fun Leah that that we think we know somebody and then we learn something and it takes us out of that paradigm and that box that we used to think that they were. And, and, uh, so I, I think that happens all the time. Um, and I want to talk about this, this box a little bit more, but before I do, I want to say we are in a, a bad place when we are vulnerable to people's love. And we've talked about like the beta versus the alpha. And the beta is like so hungry for love and they'll do anything for it. That's, that's, that's too much. The alpha mentality wants and recognizes their need for love, but they're not willing to buy it at any price. And when you're in the beta mindset, you're vulnerable and desperate for love. And therefore you're going to, you're going to just be the pleaser. You're going to give up your true integrity just to, you're, you're going to be thinking, what do they like? What do I need to do to please them? I mean, always, it's about pleasing them. And a big breakthrough I heard from a great TED talk, I'm forgetting her name, but she's, she said, she's like, had been married like 16 times or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, she's like, I had this great epiphany. I started asking in the middle of the day, and this was like a good epiphany. Hmm. Do I enjoy myself when I'm with this person? Because her question had always been, how am I making him happy? Am I making him happy? Am I the man, am I the woman that will, that he would like? And she was always trying to fit herself into their thing, but she never took a step back and said, do I like him? Is this comfortable for me? And if the answer is no, then there's an obligation to that. And if the answer is yes, there's an obligation to that, you know, and if it's no, cut it off. If it's yes, pursue it. Right. Um, but when you're vulnerable for love, you're not going to ask yourself those questions. Do I like this? You're only going to be asking, how can I please them? How can I please them? And you're, you're going to be, you're going to be creating a toxic relationship and because you're not willing to speak your truth and therefore it's a fake relationship and you won't truly get the real love because what you said bunker true love is accepting who you truly are but if you can't ever talk about your vulnerabilities then it's a surface relationship right. 
So are, are you willing to speak your truth, even though it it's you know it's going to rock the boat? And the the difference is is that the alpha and beta are still are still still scared to be vulnerable. Both are scared. The difference is is the alpha has faith in faith. They are going to say, you know what, come what may, but I I'm going to live my truth, and I'm going to be true to me. And if they don't like it then we're, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But right for right now, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be brutally honest and yeah. not live by sight. And ultimately this is the purpose of life is to kind of live life on the edge and take, take these risks and relationship is, is a big risk. To be Buffalo. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, like the, the analogy that we used of being Buffalo, not cowards. How Buffalo's running the storm. It's kind of an act of faith in itself. At least that's how I see it. Yeah, you're going to go into the storm. And you don't always know what's going to be in there. And you don't know what challenges you're going to face. But you still have a belief that if you head, head into it, your pain will be shorter and you'll be better for it on the other side. Because there'll be sunlight. There'll be fresh skies. Yeah, and you're not going to see the end of the... And it's going to look like a darker cave. It's going to be a darker place. But you do it anyway because you know that's just living with integrity. Right. I wanted to ask one clarifying question. It, you, were, you were talking about like the alpha beta mentality. You were kind of talking about how betas are somewhat pleasers and they can often, or I guess they just do, they will do anything they can to get love from the other person, but alphas will not do anything to purchase that love. Is that kind of because if you're in an alpha mindset that you understand that love can't be bought, that it has to be given freely? Is that kind of what you were implying? Yeah. Because I think that's super valuable for people to to come from a mindset of saying like, if I'm going to receive love, it's going to be given to me freely. Like I don't need to go out and get it. And if I'm feeling like I do need to go get it, there's something off that I need to address with myself or the people I'm around. And I think that'd be great for even Todd's question. Like if you're sitting there and you're thinking all day, every day at your desk at work or wherever you're at in the car and you're like, man, like I just want my significant other to like me, to love me. What do I need to do? If I did this, maybe she'll respond in a positive way. That's not a great, anyways, that was just a thought that I had had while you were speaking. I just wanted to like clarify. Say it one more time. I, I'm, I'm always challenging you. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, because it's so good. But if you say it, I think it would be really, say it in one, one sentence. Can I challenge you to do that, Bunker? Between the betas and the alphas? Yeah, like well, just what you just said. Yeah, yeah. The betas will do anything to metaphorically purchase love, whereas alphas understand that all love is going to be given to them freely. And so if they aren't able to get it freely, they do not pursue it or let that affect them. They go find it somewhere. They'll put themselves in a different situation to receive love freely. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and uh, bec- and where do they get that? Ultimately, it's not seeking another girlfriend or their mom or something like that. It's they find it within themselves and it's self-validation. And they got enough love from them. Your love or other people's love is extra. Yes. And so it's this, it's this time where you spend with yourself and you, you have enough. That's why you're willing, you, you have a little bit more security than the beta because they don't have love inside. So they, they are going to, they're going to lose everything. Uh, if, the, if, the, if that person doesn't love me, then, then they got zero. But the alpha says, if they don't love me, at least I got myself. And that's, that's enough. For right. Me. The betas will be doing a lot of highs and lows over and over again, or alpha is more smooth sailing. And why is that is because the beta, they, they are, 
whatever their Instagram feed, that is their, the external world dictates their emotions. If things are going great on the physical plane, that is their indicator of how happy or sad, disappointed they are. So, but a true alpha is like, hey, no matter what happens externally in the physical world, my internal world is in a safe harbor and I'm not shaken. Right. I got enough love for me. And that's. We could do a whole episode on that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah.